0: You know, I love it, you know, when people move in their gifting. You know, there's so many in the Bible, have so many giftings. Some are able to make a lot of money and really help build the kingdom. Oh, come on, give it up for those who make money. That's awesome. Oh, come on, praise Jesus. And those in leadership, they can lead. Come on, give it up for the leaders, you know. And those who are um, uh, Hospitality. Come on, give for hospitality. I mean, there's so many. All of us have got gifts to contribute. And last night, like everybody joined in. And uh, it was just a wonderful time of um, of just enjoying the cultures in this way. Amen? So, uh, so good. And uh, make sure you sign up for Sons Conference. And, uh, of course, for the Women's Conference coming up now. It's going to be uh, Who's going to be there? Women? Come on. Yes, you're going to be there, right? And uh, I think you can sign up very soon. So, a bit more later about this. But... Um, Wow, now today we're doing something really special. Today, that we've been feasting last night, right? Feasting, I mean, it's been amazing. But this week, actually, we're going into a time of fasting. And I think it's wonderful because feasting and fasting is both in the Bible. So we're going to be feasting, and then we're going to be fasting. So it's just going to be amazing. I want to talk today about it's a time of consecration. This week, we're going into a time of consecration. Consecration means to be set apart, to be set apart for God. I call it Holy Week. I believe it's a holy moment today as we preach into it this morning and tonight. And then tomorrow night, we're starting with a seven consecutive prayer and worship nights right here in the auditorium from 6 to 7. Straight after you work, just pop by the church, 6 to 7, go hard, then go home. And so we we'll make sure tomorrow night we start with this. It's going to be seven days of prayer and worship, this week of consecration, this week of a holy week set aside for the Lord. I really believe that God wants to prepare our hearts for a move of God. The move is already here, and the move is you. God is moving you. A move of God is not somewhere out there in the sky. Lord, come, please come, bring revival. Revival is already here. Revival is knocking at your door. You are the revival. There is no other revival. Now, God may blow on your revival and our revival in this time, but there is no kind of revival. There is a revival that you are, and the more the church comes alive and becomes the destiny that they are, that God designed the church to be, which is you and me, and it's raining here. Thank you, Jesus. Ow, on my head. The more, the more we come aligned as a church with the purpose of God, the more fire comes into our lives, the more we'll see that the church comes alive and revival starts to happen, and then revival will flow over into the world. We've always been waiting for the world to be on fire and to revival. The problem is that we need to be on fire. It starts with us, the church. And so I'm committed to revival. I'm committed to you and I becoming revival, becoming just like Jesus. Jesus was walking revival. Everywhere he went, he saved people. He healed people. He raised people up. He delivered people every day in three and a half years. I mean, how do you do this? And the Bible says that books cannot contain what he did. He must have been so busy every day from morning to evening. But today we're going to go after how he did it. And that's the secret. Because he actually did it from the secret place. He could not do anything the Bible says without his father, without intimacy with his father. Actually, that's the whole talk. So that's the summary of the whole talk. So let's worship again. No, no, I'll go through the whole thing like this. That's, so God is preparing our hearts, uh, particularly for three conferences coming up, for the men's conference we're believing for. I mean, God already prophesied quite a few years back about 300 men that God's going to raise up. You know, I believe in our church, but even in this city, you know, 300 men who are on fire for God. We could take the city, man, if we have 300 men on fire for God. And, of course, then a women's conference come, and then many, you only need 100 women to go fire on God to change this nation. Uh, but anyway, let's, let's go. <laughs> Wild Catherine... But let's go for 300 there too. And then we have our Grace and Glory Conference. Now, some of you are new to our church, and you've never been to a Grace and Glory Conference. This this has changed our lives, and this is the 10th anniversary. We had a few years break because of whatever, uh, COVID and things. But now we're back, and both Rob and both Chad from Australia are both coming. And so it's going to be amazing, classic, classic Grace and Glory, honestly, We're going to be levitating. This is going to be such an amazing time of this Holy Spirit anointing and power. So that's why I believe in the middle of the year, we consecrate ourselves before the Lord. And we say, Lord, we want more. We want to be changed. We want to go deeper with you. And this is what this is all about. Jesus couldn't do anything without the Father. See, his ministry was birthed in the secret place every time. Every time he spent time with the Father, every time before dark, he went up to a mountain or go into the wilderness to pray and to seek his face. Two weeks ago, I talked about prayer is power. You can't do anything without prayer, without intimacy. It says here in John 5, it says, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing, and whatever the Father does, the Son does also. This is the Son of God. This is Jesus He says, I can do anything. I can't do anything without my Heavenly Father and without the power of the Holy Spirit. See, His consecration was His power, His daily consecration was His power. Also, when the Israelites came back from Egypt on the way to the promised land, God told them before they went to the promised land to consecrate themselves. And I have this picture a little bit about this. As we enter into our promised land and to the promises both in your life and also in our life as a church community, we sacrifice, we, sacrifice but also we consecrate our lives before him. In Joshua, it says this, and this is the theme verse of this week. Joshua 3:5. Joshua told the people, consecrate. Yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourself, set yourself apart, purify yourself. As tomorrow God will do amazing things among us. You know, we want God to do amazing things. Wonderful, and we go after the amazing things among us, and we often seek that stuff. And God says, no, you don't seek that stuff. I will do great things among you. What you need to do is to consecrate yourself. What you need to do is to consecrate yourself. See, we think that revival is God doing all the stuff out there in this way, but actually revival is consecrating ourselves. It is becoming revival. It's becoming a revivalist. See, what we see as revival, which is miracles and salvations and healings and all the stuff that Jesus did and all the stuff he calls us to do, we see that as revival. But the truth is that that's actually the fruit of revival. Revival is when we are being revived, the church is being revived, and it comes in the secret place because the power is in the secret place. God calls us to pray. He calls us to go into the secret place. He calls us to go into this consecration moment, and then he will do the miracle why do we always try to do the stuff that he only can do yeah. so we're not going to go after his hand we're going after his heart now what happens though is when you go after his heart you also get his hand but if you go only after his heart hand no, not that much power really because he is the power We go after his heart, we go after his face, and then we also get his hand. It says in the Bible, in John 12, and when I'm lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. And the thing is, though, what happened, of course, is that it was talking about the cross, obviously, that he would be crucified and then die and then raise again, and He would call everybody to himself. But the thing is, it's also a prophetic declaration that when we lift him up in our own lives, when we lift him up in the church, when we lift him up in every situation, that's why I love worship so much, then God will draw people to himself. Look at the ex-church, ex-2. When the church was born, they were doing worship every day, community every day, uh, giving things away, generous every day. They did everything, every pray every day, And then God added those who were being saved at the end. The thing is, though, we got sometimes after those who are being saved, and I know that we do because we have a heart for salvation, go into the world and blah, blah, blah. The thing is, though, it comes out of our consecration before the Lord because we can't do anything without him. You can't be alone out there. It starts with intimacy, worship, surrender, dedication to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen? I'm getting all excited about this a few pages to go still. Let's not do God's job, but let's pray. Let's pray. That's why I love your 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 picture so much, you and also Catherine, because you said that we were, we'll be in this place, and then God was. It was like you said, it was levitating. We, we were levitating towards people, literally levitating. You saw in this vision, you got towed into the thing, right? It was, oh, you see what I'm saying?
1: This morning I had a dream, and the whole and 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 in the dream it was actually like you and I here, and I saw a church and it needed help, and Jesus right right beside me. I said to him, "Oh, we better go there." He says, "Yeah, yeah, we'll go." He says, so we so I started running, and I realized I was moving really quick, and it was easy. And I thought, "Man, this is the best run i have ever done," kind of thing. And and I'm and he, and Jesus said, "Look down," and I looked down, and he had me off the ground, and I was moving with him to this place, and it was quick, and we were moving, and it was and I was so excited because I, I realised that um, I was in the right place with him, and I was going to do something, and I was using my gifting, but the joy and the peace and the revelation of just being with him going to do the right thing. And he said, Tell the church this is what this is what's happening. I'm right beside you. He never has left us. He's never ever wandered off. He's always right beside us because he's in us. So he he's as big as the west is east from north, like he is just there. So he wants to encourage you that he's taking you somewhere. And but the biggest thing out of this was the ease. It was so easy. I it blew me away. How how easy it was and, he, and there was a joy and a revelation and an awe in that and he's going to have us feel that, know it
0: see so and the only way to do that is not us running ahead and just doing stuff it's us running with him out of the secret place without that you won't elevate like this so the thing is, though, that's what God is doing. He's, he's shifting us. He's shifting us into this incredible relationship. He's changing my life in, in this way. He's changing our lives in this way uh, because I've got the mic. And uh, we're talking about this stuff a lot in this place. And we want to see that God is just moving through our lives. But it's really coming back to the original of God's uh, design for our lives. Original. That's revival. It's coming to our original in our lives. It's not actually a new thing. It's a renewed thing. It's a renew thing. It's going back to God's original design. The call to consecration is for us to position ourselves as He's always called us to be, as sons and daughters of God. Position with Him, aligned with Him, aligning to His ways in every way. See, revival is the means—a restoration of life. It's not something new. It's something that's dead to bring it alive. It's something that's sick to bring it alive. Something far away from God, bring it to life. That's what revival is. So it's, revi- it's reviving something that was dead or was kind of away from purpose or whatever. And so we are in this renewal purpose in our lives. And true revival is not just what happens in the world, but it happens first in the church. And that's why I had this picture about this arrow that we're going to be shot out. I know we're going to go out to the world, and we are going out to the world. But there's also a sense globally, by the way, that God has got us to his heart here, and he's sticking us here right now for time. And the reason why is because revival is not just shooting everywhere again. We're going to run faster into performance mode, which many of us have done for many many years including myself but you don't go anywhere because you do it in your own strength the miracle and the secret is the secret place is the power of God that's the thing and so God is calling us into this place of transformation of building ourselves up of renewal and transformation and then we will see revival in our lives and then this will overflow into the world and the world will benefit of you and me Going into revival. And that's where we're going right now. I had a vision last year, and Jesus says, says, I want my church back. I said, Lord, what do you mean I want my church back? And it was really a call to his first love. It was a call to surrender. It was a call to the secret place. It was a call to be on bended knees. It's a call to be the bride of Christ again. It's a call back to consecration. Living a life of consecration It's not new. It's renewed. It's going back to what God has always wanted us to be and always wanted the church to be but we're so selfish and we're so dumb at times that we go our own way his ways are so much higher than our ways we can do it in our ways and we can't so now we say Lord we do a different way and let's together as a church covenant that we will do this a different way this time we do it not in our own strength this time we do it on bended knees this time we say Lord I can't actually do this whole thing but you can and then we start praying, and we start worshiping, and we start laying our lives down, and we start counting the cost, and we start paying the price. And so, Lord, now you do stuff that we can never do. That's why he says, consecrate yourself, but I will do the miracles. Watch me in the miracles of God. Early in the church, very early, remember, Catherine? That God said to us, It says, it says Gideon, he says, you watch me in this church. So we started this church, you know, with seven people, seven couples, and you know, 15 years ago. And I said, Lord, and he says, watch me. Which means like... We watch him. You don't watch me. You watch him. And so we sometimes start doing this. Maybe it's about me. Uh, you know, we've got a selfishness and pride comes in. No, it's not about us at all. He uses us and we're the agent of change. We're the agent, you know, the church agent of the, of the kingdom of God. But it's not about us. He is bringing us back to the Bible. He's bringing us back to truth. He's bringing us back to himself. I love this preaching even myself. <laughs> Cheers. <coughs> What God determines something to be, that's what it is. Truth is truth. Now, the world doesn't think that way, but we're going to go there in a minute. I don't care what the world thinks. I care what God thinks. What God named people to be, that's what people are. That's who we are. God created female and male. He created marriage, husband and wife. And it's time for the church to come back to its original design in every way, to God's created truth. He is truth. Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So we go with Jesus, what he determines the church to be, that's what the church is. This is not just an organization to be led, but it's a bride to be prepared. He's preparing the bride of Christ. He's preparing his lover for for throughout all the ages. And we are the church. And he's preparing our church even now in in community. Can you imagine when we go to Jesus in heaven and say, well, come to me. He said, well, I've never been so intimate with you. I said, no, you never learned on the earth how to be intimate with me, you know. He wants to be a bride that is ready for him. So intimate with him. Yes, I know we are one spirit with him. I get it. But we don't live that way. Often we don't live that way, you know. Like I often say, sometimes he's just a roommate. And on the other side of the bed jesus and me and roommate but we don't talk a lot you know he's just there but we don't talk a lot you know there's not this transformation in our mind and our soul and our will in every part of our lives and god is bringing us back to this we are a supernatural community we are chosen people we are a holy nation it says somewhere yeah i want peter but you are chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation god's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What a joy to be the church. What a joy to be his bride. Isn't it a privilege? This is, this is God. This is Jesus. I mean, come on. This is amazing what we have called to be. And Jesus is building this church. It's a supernatural church. It's a powerful church. <laughs> what God determines prayer to be, that's what it is. And we know how powerful prayer is. But I know how many of you believe it. We'll see it tomorrow night. Are we going to have 10 people here? We're going to have more than this here? I don't know. History shows that only 20 will turn up. I didn't say it was going to be an easy message. I say this is... But God determined purpose to be you know, very quiet, isn't it? I was like, uh, I had different plans. I said, well, Sorry. There's no different plan. Jesus is the plan. There's no other plan. I don't care what plan. The work is between 9 and 5. After that, you're off. You can decide your own thing unless you're in other time, glide time or evening time or whatever. But God determined our identity to be. To be. That's who we are. But God determined what we can do. That's actually what we can do. We don't second guess God. We come back to God. Romans 12:1. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. See, revival is coming back into this place. It's going back to God's original design, his original alignment. And when we do that, then we will know the perfect will of God in our lives, in our church, in our business, in every part of our life. But Jesus has to be first. And so today we consecrate ourselves for tomorrow God is going to do wonders and miracles. And it's not just that he's doing it tomorrow. And maybe he's doing miracles tomorrow. He wants to do stuff all the time. This is a prophetic thing of where we are going as a church, as a people. We consecrate. We live a life of consecration. And then God will do the miracles. He will do the wonders in Allah. We don't chase the wonders. But we chase God. We chase consecration. We don't chase His hand. We chase His His heart, His mind, His face. We'll put him first, then all other things will be. I know this whole year is about this, and you will get it. You will get it. By the end of this year, some of you, most of you, will get it. We've had the early adopters. They're in like in January. I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. But some of us are like, well, you know, I don't really know what you're talking about, and blah, blah, blah. And then slowly everybody comes along. So we'll keep hitting this because I think the heavenly plumb line, the divine order in our lives, is so pivotal. If you look at the life of Jesus, it is everything. I didn't know that. I've been walking with God like 50 years. At 10 years old, I went forward in Holland. I went forward to camp and gave my heart to Jesus, you know. That was the most wonderful thing ever, you know. And then I walked away a little bit at 15, and Catherine picked me up again down the road somewhere. I said, come on, God's got a a plan for your life, you know. Well, it's kind of true, not fully true, but kind of true, you know. And... um, I could play drums. That was cool. He was impressed with my drumming. He said, oh, this guy's got potential, you know. <laughs> anyway, you always distract me, Catherine. Where are where we? Where, where we? <laughs> do not conform to this world. We Do not conform to the things of this world. Do not conform to the thinking of this world. Do not comply with the ideas of this world, the ways of this world. Do not conform to the ungodly standards of the world. Don't be conformed. You're being conned in the form of this world. We're being conned, which means to be conned means to be sold a lie. We're being lied to. We are being conformed into the world's image. And God said, no, 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 no. I want you to be conformed into the image of Jesus. That's what we're doing in our lives. We cannot be conned all the time. Come on. We cannot be conned in who we are and what we are. We don't choose our identity. We don't choose our gender. God chooses who we are. He says who I am. I am what God says that I am. And so we can't be conned into a form of this world because then we are sold a lie. But it says here to be transformed. We are being transformed, not in the image of the world, No, no, we go transformed into Christ, into God's design for our lives. Come on. We're transformed into Jesus, and we start looking like Jesus both in purity and in power in both ways, right? So that's our call in our lives. Come on. Only the truth will set us free. Come on, if if, if if we always believe a lie, I'll slow down a little bit. I'm so high pitched, man. Even myself says, Shut up, Gideon. <laughs> if we, if, I'm going to get excited. Uh, if, when we believe a lie, um, <laughs> see, but maybe some, that's actually good communication because suddenly you say, oh, now I'm listening. Wait, wait, what? Are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, so when you believe a lie, you're being conned, right? And so we don't want to be conned, we want to be transformed into the image of Christ. And, you know, when we got into truth, I I, spent, I've been reading this thing in the um, uh, Psalm 119. I've been putting it into sounds a little bit of some some of those words. But the thing is, though, it's so powerful. You You read Psalm 119 about the Word of God and then the truth of God. I love it in the Passion Translation because it's so passionate. It's so powerful in the translation. But any translation, whatever you want to do. And the thing is, though, it says all about this. Basically, David has written it, most people think. And it's all about truth, 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 truth. And how truth is, I want everything to be truthful. And I'm seeing more and more in my life how truth will change your life. Truth will actually set you free because you get aligned to your design again, and everything will be so awesome in your life. You get happy again. You don't get guile in your life. You got sin in your life. It's so wonderful to live in the truth. But we are so afraid of this truth. So we need to be renewed in our minds. See, if you think it, doesn't mean it's true. Right? Right. I'll say it again. If you think it, doesn't mean it's right. Right? (laughs) Right? Right. Not everything that gets your attention should have your attention. Let's say it that way. Come on. I mean, so much stuff gets our attention and particular these days on the media. I mean, it's everywhere, you know. But it should not have your attention. We have the mind of Christ. And we are being renewed. Otherwise, the mind becomes your trash. Deposit becomes the world trash into your mind all the time, and that's what's happening though with particularly with with Facebook and I don't have TikTok, but TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. I mean, people have TikTok, you know, and whatever goes on and all the stuff, you know. But the, whole, the a barrage of stuff that comes through us through all the media in our lives is just amazing. How are we going to renew our mind? Well, one way to do it is turn it off. Just turn off this turn off. beeping. TV, phone, computer, turn it off. Don't turn off your brain. Your brain is good. It needs to be renewed. But turn off these things that start to... Distract you from the things. You know, we're talking about feasting, right? Last night. I feel, and I know myself too, we've been feasting on the world through all this media. We're feasting blah, 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 all the little things blah, 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 and we're feasting on the rubbish of the world, and we're actually liking it, or it's like too bad. It's like, ooh, it's really bad. Have you seen this before? And send to everybody, Oh, has you seen this before? And we're just feasting on the stuff instead of fasting that stuff. Now I'll tell you, yesterday we're feasting, now we're gonna be fasting. One of the best things I've ever done with Catherine, and she's my witness because you sat with me, uh, is that to turn off the TV. Now, we, we still sometimes watch TV. We have a special night. We watch some TV and even Netflix, I know. Uh, but the thing is, there are some good Netflix things. And, and I don't mind that. It's not like a religious thing. I'm talking to you, where's your heart? That's the issue. Make, are you making a priority of Jesus in your life? Or where's your heart? Because often we go to all those things instead of going to Jesus, and we're being distracted. We fill our lives with all this rubbish, and God wants us to feed on his word and feast on his word. Psalm 1, 1, 2, 3 oh the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with the mockers (laughs) we do this all the day (laughs) anyway uh, you know but they delight in the law of the lord meditating on it day and night they're like trees was this our marriage thing on our marriage verse better for our marriage verse didn't we wedding or the jeremiah version thank you darling you're so smart that's so good. They are like trees. Look at the guys. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, yeah. bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, they, and they prosper in all they do. Yeah. Who are these people? All the people who serve the net all the time. No. These are the people who meditate on God's words, yeah. word and words all the time, who worship all the time, who pray all the time. God is good all the time. time. And let's go there. Psalm 119, David speaking. How can a young person or an old person stay? On the path of purity, by living according to your word, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray for from from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 105, Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Guys, it goes on and on and on, particularly in Psalm 119. My question to you and to me is, where is our mind? Where is the focus of our thinking? Where is the focus of our heart? Where is it? So God is calling us back into purity. He's calling us back into his life. And this is consecration. That's what consecration is all about. Revival is God's will being done in our lives. Not just out there. Right here. Right in your brain. Right in your heart here. And every day. And when we do that, then we see in verse 3, Romans twelve three. then you'll be able to test and approve God's will, be good and pleasing and perfect will of God. i tell you something. It's awesome, but it's a really difficult road. Now, there's an ease to it because God carries us, and it's beautiful. It's all about yielding and surrender, but it's not easy because it's hard to surrender our will to God. Our will is so strong. It's already ingrained in the two-year-olds, three-year-olds. No! No! Where are they getting it from? No. The thing is, though, the will is so strong in our lives. And often we don't have a surrendered will. We don't submit our will to God. We don't submit the flesh to God and the urges of the flesh to God. And they transform our minds. Many people want Jesus as Savior, but only a few want him as Lord. And I think we, we are in this process of him lording in a good way. Over our lives. That he actually is Lord. And we actually submit our ways to his Lordship. And that's going to be the beautiful life that we live in all the time. See, even Jesus, he could have done everything. The son of God, for goodness sake. But did you see what he did? What did he do? But what did he do? He surrendered his will. He surrendered his will. He surrendered his will. Why is it so difficult for you and for me? To not surrender our will to God. Why is there such a tension all the time of this? Luke twenty-two forty-two. Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. See, even Jesus struggled with his assignment. He didn't walk away from it. He says, I struggle with this. It's really difficult. I don't want to die. I don't want to go there. That means his will was not actually aligned with the Father's will in the sense of he submitted his will but he didn't want the same otherwise he would say yes let's go dad let's go crucify us. awesome. He didn't do that. He said I struggle with this but yet your will be done. See so many times in our life when God asks us to do something in our lives that he wants our will to be surrendered to him we may not do so straight away Always say Lord Lord that's really hard that's hard for me to do that you know and that's okay. We can struggle with these things. Say so, Lord if there's a different way it's a different way. But, but, the, but the issue is, where, where are you going to land? Are you going to land in disobedience or are you going to land in obedience? What does he want to do, right? So the thing is, though you want to land in obedience, but there may be different ways. For Jesus, there was no other way. And so he says, okay, I'll do it. It's easy to go to church on Sunday, even here now, to, to have a wonderful worship time and, and to obey God is, is, is really, it's really easy. But tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock at your work, and here too, everybody has this, you know. What does it look like then to submit your will to God? See, the presence of God is always with you. He never leaves you, never forsakes you. But so, and so, so really, any decisions or things you've got to go through in life and things that you are tempted to or things that are going on, Jesus is always there by his Holy Spirit. But so, but so is your brain and so is your will. And so it's not the lack of the presence of God. He's there. The problem is the presence of our will. The will is so strong sometimes that we just don't surrender our will to God. And we don't walk in obedience. The problem is that our will sometimes is so strong. Well, I've got some news for you. Our will was actually crucified with Christ. And when you became a Christian, you have no will in that sense. Our will is submitted to Christ, right? But it's one of the most hardest things that we could ever do. But I'll tell you something. God is looking for a people. He's looking for persons, you and me, who are willing to lay our will on the altar and to say, Lord, your will be done. Not my will. Your will be done, regardless of the cost. And that's where it gets hard. See, this is consecration, what I'm talking about right now. Regardless of the cost, lay down our lives in the same way Jesus laid down our lives. And I'll tell you something, consecration always precedes the whole thing of the supernatural as we talked about. The miracles we talked about before, the miracles that we see, the healings and all the stuff that God does, you know, that's, that's wonderful. But it's not revival. Revival, that, that's the fruit of revival. Revival is doing this stuff. You and I becoming like Jesus, you and I being consecrated to God and paying the price and say, Lord, yes, I'll do this. I'll do this. God doesn't want a happy church, although I love being a happy church, and we should be a happy church. But that's not the main thing. God wants a holy church. And the thing is, though, the world doesn't even care about us being happy. They care about us holy. The attack on the church is about holiness. We don't want you, what you say, and what the Bible says, and your God says, because it doesn't align with my will and what I want to do. That's the problem. But the thing is, though, that's where we're called to be. We're called to be a holy people. God says, be holy, for I'm holy. Amen. So that's just the way it is. So we, the holy people, set apart for Him. We are a chosen people, royal priesthood, a holy nation. God says, or Jesus said in John 15, He who abides in me, I in Him, will bear much fruit, for without me you can't do anything. That is consecration. That is consecration. Like Jesus, we can't do anything without Him. We want to see revival. We want to break. I know some of us are trying to find revival. We start on the breakthrough in our business, in our family, in our kids. So whatever breakthrough could be in our lives. And we're chasing the breakthrough. But the thing is, though, we're not chasing the breaker of the breakthrough. So God wants us to chase the breaker because he is the breakthrough. And then you start walking on water or you start levitating because then you get into the presence of God. He says, I'll do this for you because I am your way maker. I'm your miracle man and I'll go with you. So it starts in the secret place. Lord, I don't know what to do. He says, I know what to do. Submit it to me. We'll go together. Much better than go by yourself. So God is calling us into this place. It starts with you and with me surrendering, yielding to God consecrated our will to god but i tell you there's a cost to consecration and not everybody will pay it again we'll see this tomorrow not everybody will pay it sadly because it's hard because it takes time what do you mean i don't eat certain things fasting effort not not performance effort but you have got to come to a meeting it doesn't fit with my schedule. <sighs> Dying to ourselves. You know, I, um, I wonder if we are willing to pay that price. I wonder if I'm willing to pay that price. It's deep. It is deep, isn't it? Yeah. It's not easy, guys. <laughs> it is easy. Because if you, are, if you know how dead you are, it's very easy. Because you've got no life anyway. In the sense of Your life is in Christ, so it should be dead. The problem is, our life is just too alive still. Our will is too alive still. That's the problem. And he wants you dead. (laughs) You are dead. If you're a Christian, you are dead. You're dead to your old self. You are a new creation in Christ. You're born of God. You're like Jesus. The problem is all the other stuff is still there. That's why you have to renew your mind. Oh, this is so good stuff. I will have to pay this price to be all in for Jesus. Jesus. I want to be all in for Jesus. Anybody wants to be all in for Jesus? Come on. Let's be all in for Jesus. Because I tell you, it makes you a happy person and it makes the world a happy place. It makes the church a happy place. Because that's how we live aligned to God. I tell you, where the robber meets the road right here in our consecration is every day before him. Every day. Tomorrow night when you serve the net by yourself. That's where it counts. The way you speak to your spouse. And I've made some mistakes even this week. Didn't speak nice to Catherine. And I'm sorry, Catherine. I am. I am. Because it's my selfishness, you know. But that's where the rubber meets the road. When you thought you were going to have this promotion, but you didn't get it, and you're much more qualified than the other person, and you keep your attitude right. And you bring it before the Lord. You say, Lord, I don't know what to do with this, but I, I love you, and I want to not get a bad attitude. That's where the rubber meets the road. That's where consecration meets the road. Man, I don't want to get up tomorrow morning. I don't want to get up earlier tomorrow morning to have time with God. I don't want this. No, I don't want this either. But the thing is, though, that's, consecre- that's what it looks like, surrendered life. Hey, I get up a half an hour earlier to spend some time with Jesus. That's what it's called. But I don't want to go to this prayer meeting. Why are we so busy? I'm too busy for this stuff. Why is why is so many people so busy? What are you busy with? What are you so busy with? I would like to see it. I would like to see your thing, your day. Show it to me. Be accountable to me. Everybody, next week, bring a little piece of paper. I'm Johnny. This is what I do all day. Well, that will show how your life is being. You know, that will show your priorities. Oh man, there'll be such a dump. I don't even want to know all the stuff. They're terrible. It's so disappointing. The thing is, though, the thing is, though, come on, guys. God is transforming our priorities. That means he is part of it. Even 10%, do a tithe. Give a tithe to God. That's awesome. Let's start there. There's 10% of your day, give it to God, whenever you do it. I don't care when you do it. That's what this life looks like. And I tell you, on the other side of consecration is a renewed life. Is a transformed life, is a joy filled life, is a peaceful life because you got no guile in your life, you are just aligned with Him all the time. It's absolutely beautiful. And we will live for oh, that's a good question I have here. Are we willing to live for God as Jesus died for us? Are we willing to live for God as Jesus died? for us, Matthew 16, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be, you can play I can't hear anything (laughs) Jesus, resurrect this thing, revive this piano oh, thank you Jesus, a miracle guys there's a miracle already (laughs) okay, still, I'm almost done, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves take up their cross and follow me for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life, for me We'll actually find it. We actually find our life through consecration and through dying to ourselves. Paul says, I die daily. Paul, the Bible, new covenant. He says, I die daily. Not in the glorious new creation life. That's awesome. I'm talking about my flesh and my will and my distractions and my other things. I die daily. Lord, we want to die daily ourselves too. low, like Paul, Lord. We want to die daily to those things. Maybe for a moment just now, why don't you think for a moment, what are some of the things, maybe even this week as we look at prayer and fasting, what could you fast? Maybe it's food, but maybe it's something else. But what can we lay aside to to, to fast something and feast on, on you? Feast on your word, feast on your presence, feast on your intimacy. Holy Spirit, we want to be like you. Jesus, we want to be like you. Holy Spirit, make us like you. Change us from glory to glory. Lord, in our hearts, we give our will to you. We surrender our hearts to you afresh, Lord. We surrender, Lord. Have your way. We give it all to you, Lord. It's all about you anyway. We want to die to our own pride, Lord, our own selfishness, our own flesh, and the things that so distract us in our lives. And we want to live the new creation life. The life that you gave us, came to bring through your sacrifice, the resurrection life, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord, we love you so much. and We give you praise. There's no one like you, Jesus. And Lord, for me, for the last half, I've fallen so much more in love with you. And Lord, it so helps me to say no to the things that distract me, say no to the things that come at me. And it gives me so much more joy. So much more peace. So much more power. Your yoke is easy. And your burden is light. And we stick ourselves into your yoke, Jesus. And we'll find rest for our souls. And then we'll do miracles. Amazing miracles. Maybe miracles we've never seen before. You'll use us, Lord, in ways we've never seen before. Lord, thank you that you are preparing your bride you're preparing our hearts lord we surrender to you we consecrate this week to you and then our lives in jesus name